Resentment is a cancer. Resentment is a cancer that will eat away at your relationship until there's nothing left to save. So if you really want to create a connected and intimate relationship where you feel heard and valued and loved and safe, then here are seven skills you need to develop in order to get your needs met in your relationship so that you can stop layering on resentment and start building or enhancing your authentic partnership. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lynch. I can't believe it's almost July. Time goes so by so fast as a grown-up, doesn't it? Also, can you still be a grown-up when you call yourself a grown-up? Asking for a friend. But for real, do you know what comes after July? Of course you do. It's August. And do you know what's happening in August? Yep. The Uplifted Challenge, whoop, whoop, which means your stepmom story enrollment will be opening up for the first time in almost six months. How exciting is that? In fact, the Uplifted Challenge is going to be kicking off on what better day than my anniversary. Yep, that's right. Another trip around the sun, married to the man who made me a stepmother. So, so much has changed since we first met. Me and Seamus, I mean, you know, I've changed, he's changed, our relationship has changed. I mean, obviously, like nearly a decade together will do that, but I would be a big liar if I said there haven't been some pretty huge transformations that have happened both individually and as a couple And I would also be lying if I said that those transformations came about from a place of peace and harmony. You know, in fact, I've said this a few times at least before, but people won't change. People don't change until the pain of staying where they are becomes too great to stay there. Until the risk of changing becomes less risky than being in so much pain every day. And a lot, quite a long time ago now, I, I read a quote by the writer Anae Nin. I'm probably saying her name wrong. I apologize. Anae Nin. And this quote has stuck with me for years and years and years. And she wrote, she writes, quote, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Now, a lot of the time in our relationships, especially in our romantic relationships and 
especially after the initial exhilaration of the honeymoon phase has worn off. One reason that you can find yourself getting into ruts, you know, one reason that you can find yourself living in a really uninspired, disconnected state is because, and I think this is especially true in stepfamily relationships, but it's like once things calm down, once things settle down, it's almost like you don't want to rock the boat. Usually the first few years at least of stepfamily life are so chaotic that once everything starts to become a bit more predictable, you might, you might find yourself settling for treatment or behaviors that don't feel all that great, but that feel better than arguing or feel better than the perceived threat of the way your spouse might react. And sometimes in the desire that a lot of us have to make things calm down in the first place, if you're anything like a lot of my stepmom clients or you're anything like me, then it might be true for you that you've developed this tendency to put your own needs on the back burner so that everyone else can feel comfortable or safe or taken care of. For example, my husband used to make plans and arrangements with his ex-wife before he would talk to me. They'd make their plans and arrangements and switch their visitation schedules around. And then I would be informed after the fact. And by then, like the plans were already solidified. They'd already been communicated to my stepson. They were done and it would be presented to me as facts. They'd switch around the days when my stepson would be coming in order to accommodate his mom's schedule or vice versa, which is fine. Only I wouldn't be told about it until after the deed was done. And sometimes those switches would interfere with plans I had. And sometimes they would be disruptive to my work schedule. And sometimes those switches would make absolutely no difference to the life that I had planned in that upcoming week or a few weeks or whatever. But I would still feel really, really ticked off. So if you found your blood pressure rising instantly when I started talking about this, there's a good chance that this has happened to you too. And in fact, it happens to a lot of my stepmom clients where their spouses volunteer them for responsibilities before they even talk to the stepmom. And it's super frustrating. Not because most of us wouldn't help out if we were asked, but purely because of the assumption that we would before we were even consulted in the first place. Am I right? Not because most of us actually care about the schedule change, but purely because we weren't included in a decision that directly affects our lives. It's like being the eternal passenger in the vehicle of life. How frustrating. So anyway, for a long time, a long enough time, my husband would make plans with his ex and then he would tell me about them after the plans were made and I'd be so angry. I'd be fuming inside, like livid. But I would just smile and nod and I wouldn't say anything. I just would stew inside of myself. So this is what I mean by settling for treatment or behaviors that don't feel really all that great. And you might be wondering, you know, why didn't I speak up back then? Primarily, the answer primarily is because I was afraid of how my husband would react. I was afraid that he'd think I didn't want my stepson there. 
because my stepson and I already had a pretty complicated relationship. I was afraid he'd be like, too bad, so sad, Brittany. Suck it up, deal with it. And most of all, I think I was afraid that he would say, well, if you don't like it, then leave. I was afraid that if I told my husband when he made plans without consulting me, it made me feel unimportant. That he would give me a response that confirmed and validated how unimportant I actually was to him. And at least without saying anything, I didn't have to have those fears confirmed. At least without saying anything, I got to hang on to my relationship for another day. Now, if you're still listening to this episode, chances are pretty good that you know the alternative, which is keeping it to yourself, isn't a better option at all. It's stuffing it down, pretending nothing's wrong, walking on eggshells, biting your tongue. That's not a better option at all. It was situations like that that you know weren't just happening to me, but I also notice are happening to my clients all the time that made me realize so many stepmoms, me included, have been making this really devastating error. And, you know, this past couple of episodes, last two before this one, we've been talking about these beliefs and these mistakes that stepmoms are making that are holding them back from happily ever after. And this is another mistake that stepmoms are making. A lot of stepmoms are making a lot of the time and it's devastating and it's detrimental and it's awful to not just your relationship, but to yourself. And that is when you make your spouse's needs more important than your own. And don't get me wrong. Okay, I understand why stepmoms do this. One big reason is because we are taught as women that it's our job to take care of our families, even at the expense of our own wellness. They've been taught that as stepmoms, we are like automatically slapped with a title of wicked or irrational or unreasonable. So we make sure to like go on the way on the other side of the spectrum and prove that we aren't any of those things at all, right? We just lay down and take it because we don't want to be wicked. And we've also, as women especially, being socially conditioned to believe that the amount of love people have for you is based on what you can do for others instead of who you are. But if making your spouse's needs more important than your needs really created a safe and intimate and connected relationship, then why do so many stepmoms have so much resentment. If you are a stepmom, plain and simple, plain and simple, if you are a stepmom who has resentment toward your spouse or your stepkids or their other parent, that means you have needs that aren't being met. Okay. I need you to hear this. If you're not driving, write this down. If you're a stepmom who has resentment toward your spouse, your stepkids, their other parent, that means that you have needs that are not being met. And you might not want to hear this, but it's not anyone else's job 
to meet your needs. It's yours. I love you so much, but it's your job. It's your responsibility. And if you're saying yes, when you want to say no, if you're keeping your mouth shut or walking on eggshells just to keep the peace, if you're avoiding having hard conversations with your spouse out of fear of what might happen, then I love you so much, but listen in. Betraying your own needs in order to make your spouse's life easier is like giving away your last piece of food and then wondering why you're hungry. It might work in the short term, like saying yes when you want to say no or saying nothing when you want to scream might work in the short term. But as a long-term relationship building strategy, it's a ticking, ticking ass time bomb. Resentment is a cancer. Resentment is a cancer that will eat away at your relationship until there's nothing left to save. So if you really want to create a connected and intimate relationship, where you feel heard and valued and loved and safe, then here are seven skills you need to develop in order to get your needs met in your relationship so that you can stop layering on resentment and start building or enhancing your authentic partnership. Number one, this skill that... You need to develop. You don't need to do anything, but if you want, if you want to to develop these skills. The first one, if you're not driving, write these down. Number one is the ability to identify and express your own needs. Okay. The ability to identify and express your own needs. So if you're sitting there saying or thinking to yourself, like, I have no idea what my needs even are, let alone how to express them then I want you to know that you're very much not alone. Okay. That's, you know, one reason why I'm hosting the blended family blueprint in July is so that you can hone in on exactly what your needs are and come up with a plan to get them met. And as simply as I can explain this, what it boils down to is usually something that we've learned in childhood or in our early twenties, late youth, Most children, especially, you know, us as millennial kids and the generations who came before us, unfortunately grew up with the belief and the conditioning that our needs were unimportant. A lot of parents unintentionally dismiss their kids' needs, either by emotionally invalidating them or controlling them with the use of shame or using like punishment reward parenting styles and so on and so forth. And so when we get into adulthood, it can be really, really challenging to identify why we don't feel very good because we were never taught that our needs were important. And if you're not taught that your needs are important, then you're not taught to identify what those needs are. You just know, I don't feel very good, but you're not really sure why, right? You know what you don't want to feel. But when it comes to expressing like, this is what I do need in order to feel good, a lot of us kind of draw a blank and that's okay. But the ability ability to identify and express your own needs is paramount in making sure that you don't build resentment because resentment is always the byproduct of unmet needs. The second skill to develop um, 
is an understanding of the full anatomy of a boundary and the skills to execute and uphold the boundaries you require to honor yourself. Okay. An understanding of the full anatomy of a boundary and the skills to execute and uphold the boundaries you require to honor yourself. So about this one, there's a really common misconception that boundaries are something that you do to somebody else. But boundaries are really something that you do for yourself. Okay. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard stepmoms, people in general, using boundaries incorrectly. Right. Like it's like this, this energy of like, you know, I smacked them with that boundary. I set that boundary on them. Right. I laid the smack down on them. I laid that boundary on them. I set that boundary on them. And they didn't listen. But that's because boundaries have nothing to do with other people. You can't make someone respect your boundary. Boundaries have a very specific anatomy. There's a very specific makeup. There's a formula that I teach inside the stepmom story of how to identify and set boundaries specifically based on the anatomy of a complete boundary. Most people are not good at boundaries because they don't understand what a boundary actually is. Okay. And what is a boundary? Very simply stated, it's the delineation of where you end and where somebody else begins. Like think of it like the walls of a swimming pool. If they're not clearly defined, they're not clearly communicated. If a swimming pool doesn't have a clear line, clear boundaries, then the water doesn't stay in, right? It's the same thing with a boundary. If they're not clearly defined, if it's not clearly delineated, communicated, we can't expect our partners to respect them. Like I cannot, cannot, cannot emphasize enough the importance of actually understanding what boundaries are. They will save you. So understand what the anatomy is and develop the skills to execute them and uphold the boundaries. Third skill to develop is the ability to recognize when your partner is making you responsible for their needs and the capacity to acknowledge if you have the bandwidth to support them in meeting those needs. I'm going to say that again. Number three is the ability to recognize when your partner is making you responsible for their needs and the capacity to acknowledge if you have the bandwidth to support them in meeting those needs. So what do I mean by that? Okay. This, again, is going to tie into boundaries and how most of us, I love you so much, but most of us suck at boundaries. And that's okay because boundary setting is a skill. It's not something people are born with. It's a skill, which is really good news because it means anyone can learn it and get good at it. Unfortunately, more often than not in step families, our partners have a tendency to make us responsible for their shit. And not because they're trying to use us, not because they're trying to take advantage of us, but simply because people want to get their needs met in the easiest way possible. Every person does, me included, right? The easiest path I can take, I want to take it. I'm a lazy person. I don't want to work harder than I have to. I've got enough shit on the go to work harder than I have to to get my needs met. Like pff, shortest path for me to be. That's what I'm taking. 
So when you have clearly defined boundaries and when you've been able to clearly communicate your needs and when you're able to discuss with your partner when you either literally either don't want to or cannot help them with something, you will be able to honor yourself, which gives the power back to you because now you are in control of when you say yes and when you say no. Not because of what's easiest for your partner, but because it authentically aligns with you. You can't pour from an empty cup. We hear this cliche phrase all of the time, but it's so true. Which brings me to my next point. Number four, the skill, the fourth skill, is the confidence to say no when you want to say no. Okay, number four. The confidence to say no when you want to say no. And this ties into all of the above, one, two, three. For a lot of us, learning to say no when we want to say no requires some version of introspection, looking inside ourselves and pulling up some roots. Meaning it probably takes some digging to uncover where, when, and why we learned to people please. And if you already know that you're a people pleaser, that's okay. If you don't know you're a people pleaser and you're just realizing it right now, that's okay too. A lot of people are, right? A lot of us have learned this strategy because it served us at some point, but there also becomes a point that it stops serving us. Like for the record, saying nothing like I used to do when my husband would make plans on my behalf, for example, that wasn't me saying no. Saying nothing is not saying no. It's saying nothing. Saying nothing is saying yes. Saying nothing is agreeing. So imagine how good life could feel for you if you were able to act or not act because of what you wanted, not because of what other people wanted from you. Imagine how much resentment would disappear if you allowed yourself confidently to say no when you wanted to say no. And of course, on the other side of saying no, when you want to say no, the fifth skill to getting rid of resentment in your stepfamily relationships is something I like to call the unconditional yes. Okay, the unconditional yes. So this is number five. The unconditional yes is just what it sounds like. Okay, this means that you don't say yes to your partner when you want to say no because you hope that saying yes, you'll be able to use this as leverage. Okay. You're not being like, I'm going to say yes to this. So they better do something good for me in the, in the future. Right. I'm going to use this tit for tat. The unconditional yes means that you aren't saying yes, because you're trying to convince your spouse what a selfless, majestic unicorn that you are. And if you're a stepmom who's ever said, I've sacrificed so much for your family or you're a stepmom who's ever felt taken advantage of or like nobody appreciates everything that you do for them, then you need to, you don't need to do anything, but it would be beneficial for you if you became aware of the unconditional yes and learn how to use it. The unconditional yes is authentic. It's aligned. It's unconditional. And when you give from a place that's unconditional, resentment doesn't develop. Sixth skill to ending resentment is emotional maturity. 
Okay. Emotional maturity. Emotional maturity is one of the most underrated relationship skills. Emotional maturity means that you are able to understand that your emotions are simply messengers. They're not good or bad. They're not right or wrong. They might be comfortable or uncomfortable, but they're not good or bad, right or wrong. And here's the distinction. People with emotional maturity respect and validate and accept their own emotions, but they also realize there's a separation between their emotions and themselves. Okay. You are not your emotions. You are not a happy. You are not a sad. You have, you are a human with emotions. So in other words, when you have developed emotional maturity, you don't become a casualty of the way that you feel. Sometimes emotions might be more intense than others. Sometimes it might require space to process them. That's all fine. But when you have developed a high level of emotional maturity, your feelings won't send you into a tailspin. Okay. Again, they're not good or bad. They're not right or wrong. They just are. And so emotional maturity means being able to hold space for your experience and your partner's experience without making one of those experiences more or less important than each other. It's like standing with one foot in your experience and one foot in your partner's experience, and they both are equally valid. And last, but certainly not least, seventh skill to develop is empathy. Empathy. Empathy is a really beautiful, connecting, wholesome ass skill to develop. Empathy is not feeling sorry for somebody. Empathy is not pity. That's like something that triggers me is if something's, if I'm talking to somebody about something like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not empathy. That's sympathy. That's pity, right? Empathy is the capacity to imagine yourself in somebody else's shoes, It's the ability to imagine what another person's life experience is like, no matter how different that experience might be from your own, no matter how much you disagree with that person. Empathy doesn't require you to waver on your needs. It doesn't require you to loosen up your boundaries because your partner is uncomfortable. Empathy is the ability very simply to say, I can see how frustrating this is for you. And connecting with your partner's experience without trying to change it, without trying to fix it for them, without trying to make their problem your problem and vice versa. You don't need to agree with someone in order to show them empathy. You don't need to like someone in order to show them empathy. That's the beauty of empathy. It frees you from taking responsibility for other people's feelings because empathy shows you that people are allowed to feel and experience life as they do not as you think that they should. Now, let me ask you this. You know, after going through those seven resentment busting skills to develop, if you want to create an intimate and connected relationship with your spouse, which path makes more sense for you? You can take whichever path you want to, right? But which makes more sense for you right here, right now, as you are in, the, in, your, in your life? Path A, where you make your spouse's needs more important than you own, than your own, and you layer on resentment as thick as a Canadian's winter jacket. Or path B, where you develop those seven skills so you can both get your needs met and neither of you have to sacrifice your own well-being to make that happen. 
Which path is going to be free of resentment and full of authenticity? What's the vision that you have for your relationship? What's the vision you have for your role as a stepmom? What's the vision of happily ever after that you hope to create? If you have no idea, that's okay. The important thing is that you give your space, yourself the space to think about these things. When you do something you've never done, you will get something you've never had. And the only way resentment goes away is when the needs start getting met. So whether you begin this adventure now or later, now or when things get so bad, you're on the verge of splitting up, eventually you'll realize how important your needs are, okay? how important your boundaries are, how important you are. There's no relationship more important than the relationship that you have with yourself. And so if you do want to choose path B, if you do want to take a different path, here are those seven skills again that you need to develop to ditch the resentment and build the connected relationship you crave. One, the ability to identify and express your own needs. Two, an understanding of the full anatomy of a boundary and the skills to execute and uphold the boundaries you require to honor yourself. Three, the ability to recognize when your partner is making you responsible for their needs and the capacity to acknowledge if you have the bandwidth to support them in meeting their needs. Four is the confidence to say no when you want to say no. Five is the unconditional yes. Six is developing emotional maturity. And seven is practicing empathy. So what will it be, stepmom? Door number one or donor? door number two? And again, as Anainin says, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I'll see you back here next week for the final big mistake that stepmoms are making that's getting in the way of their happily ever after. Have a great week, stepmom. I'll see you back here really soon. Hey there, Brittany here. I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace, Love, Stepmom. And not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, it's pretty freaking awesome. Peace, Love, Stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your stepfamily without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace. Because if you are listening to this, then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace Love Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. 
and in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better. And Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.